Take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. Oh, hey, money-making unicorns. I brought you a present and it comes in the form of a lovely woman named Lisa, who is like seriously a motherfucking boss, you guys. <laughs> like you have no idea what you're in store for today because we're gonna be talking all about systems and scaling and like literally just being a seven-figure fucking badass. So Lisa, please tell us who the fuck you are and why the fuck we should listen to you. Well, because you call me a badass, I think that's a really, really good reason. Um, no, I'm just I'm just like everyone else, Nicole, trying to etch my way in business, and I just happen to build a seven-figure business, and I thought it was easy, but apparently it's not. And so a bunch of friends and other people asked me, hey, could you help us? Could you teach us? And that's how I kind of get into the space of helping other people build their, what I like to call freedom lifestyle. So why you should listen to me? Because honestly, life's too short not to live it on your own terms. And that's our mantra, right? Like going and doing the J-O-B, that sucks. That, that's not something you want to do forever. So I help people get out of that mindset and get into the mindset kind of like you of, man, life's too short not to, to have fun, take off your pants, and just have a party. <laughs> party in your pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one of the coolest things about watching your presentation at this conference that we were at together was really seeing that you embody this lifestyle element because the fact of the matter is, is literally everybody else in the room was working 14 hours a fucking day. Like I asked, I asked during my presentation, I was like, raise your hand if you work more than 12 hours a day and everyone except for you raised their hand. Um, I love that you have this kind of fucking vibe that you're, you're out there fishing and, and playing, playing fucking with your guns and doing cool shit and like living life. Like, isn't that the point? Like so many people create this job for themselves. Like if you're an entrepreneur and you just bought yourself a job, like you kind of fucking missed it. Like <laughs> that wasn't the fucking point. So how did you get into this and how did you get into that mindset of understanding that you got to like put fulfillment first? Well, I mean, I, I did what everyone else does, right? I, I was working 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day. I quit my day job because I wanted freedom and my new business became my new boss. Mm. And I just found myself working more, stressing more and hating my business more than I hated the day job. And I just, you know, kind of realized it, it had to change. And I met a dude and he had saw that I was always working, working, working. And he just came up to me one day and said, Hey man, let me tell you all something. Like I worked my whole life, made all this money and I was going to retire and live the life. And then we got in a horrific car accident and now I can't do anything, and, but I have a lot of money. So it kind of, it kind of put a fire under me to fix the problem. And the problem was we are trained, Nicole, from the time we are young to work for the man, right? That's yeah. what they want. That's, I mean, no conspiracy theory here, but if, if we all woke up and became entrepreneurs, who would do all the work? So that, they don't want us to figure it out. And I had to become a boss, right? I had to become the boss of me and say, no more, right? I felt like Hiring people cost me money when in fact it makes you more money. And I had to realize that. Creating processes took time, 
with time equal money. So I just went on a mission, a crusade, whatever you want to call it, to stop doing the work. And I love, I love uh, the five hour work week. It's, it's an interesting book, but it's not true, right? Most of us can't work in our business five hours a week and, and really do well, but you shouldn't be working more than you did in your day job, right? If you're working more than 20, 30, I'll even go up to 40 when, when you're at a certain point, you're missing the whole point of owning your own business. So once I figured that out, I just literally went on a crusade to fix it and fix it. I did. So now, yeah, sometimes I'll spend, you know, yesterday was one of those days. I I literally worked like 12 hours, not because I had to, because I was super excited digging into some AI stuff and trying to process it. And so I did it because I wanted to, and I enjoyed it, but I'm also taking Friday off and already have that planned. And, you know, I mean, it's the flip-flop lifestyle, right? That's what I call it. Yeah, we call it a we call it fuck off Friday because in my world I don't I fuck off on Fridays. That's what I do. Like, don't call, don't write. I'm fucking off today. <laughs> um, but I think well, it's in, it, in your day job. You always said to yourself, right? Why do I? You know, it wouldn't be great if we had a four in a four day work you know work week or a, a three or four day weekend. Make it happen. Yeah, make that's it happen. the key. Make it happen. Oh, the only person who's going to change your life is you. You're waiting for your boss to do the right thing, your company to do the right thing your spouse or your family to do the right thing. That's how they're not going to helping you make the right decisions and you'll get on board. Yeah. I mean, imagine a world where everybody just fucking put themselves first, right? Imagine that. I think it's called Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they, they have like a short work week. They take like six to eight weeks of vacation. They really, they're probably the only country I know of that that gets it and lives that lifestyle. Yeah. I chose to do Fridays as fuck off Fridays because in the bar industry, Friday was the day that you just got pummeled, right? Like I always had to work like doubles on Fridays and like was balancing three bars at the same time. And so like Friday was like the day that you worked your fucking face off. And so when I became an entrepreneur, I was like, you know what? I don't do shit on Fridays because like that means something in bartender land, right? Is like, I don't work on Fridays. Fuck you guys, right? Like it's, it's that fuck off kind of energy where you get to put yourself first. And one of the other things that I did was I stopped playing this game with days of the week, right? Like days of the week are a constraint that's put into place by the mechanism to keep us all working for the man, right? Is saying, hey, you're going to earn your weekends. Um, You know, Monday is your first day of the week. If you must be in day of the weakness, choose Saturday as your first day of the week where you put yourself first. Choose Sunday as the second day where you put your family first. And then choose Monday as the third day of the week where you fucking put your business third, right? Where you work your J-O-B for somebody else. That that comes third. That doesn't come first. Oh, I, I agree. And, and being a bartender, you know, I, I wasn't one, but I can imagine that most bartenders have all the skills necessary to actually succeed. They just don't know it yet, or they don't have the confidence, or they have like most other people, you know, your head's full of all the junk you were taught from a little kid, right? Get a job, work the system, you know, find a good job, put away for retirement. And, you know, after 60 years or so, you can live the good life. You know, I'm unlike you, Nicole, I don't cuss a lot. But at the end of the day, to that statement, fuck that, right? <laughs> that's not that's not life. That's that's 
that's a chain to me. And it took me way too long to figure that out. You know, I didn't, I didn't start my real business till I was in my forties. I worked on the side and made extra money. Um, I was never hurting. You know, I, I always made really good money. I did well, but four weeks of vacation a year was to me a constraint. Now I do anywhere from 20 to 22, you know, weeks a year that I'm doing whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Does it mean I don't work? No. I mean, my computer's with me almost everywhere I go. Sure. If it get turned on, normally, no. If I'm at Disney World, I'm not turning my computer on. But if I get a call and there's an issue, I'm going to handle it, right? Yeah. That's the responsible thing to do. Or more, more importantly, I'm probably going to find someone else to handle it and pass that off. Yeah, I definitely could see that like delegation and being able to put those pieces into place was something that really helped you to be successful. When did you figure that out? And how did you get good at that shit? Because I know that people have a hell of a time delegating. It's hard for people. It's it's because we think we're the best and we think we're our way is the best way and our way is the only way and our way is the right way. And I, I think it came about for me when I realized that something had to change. Like either I was going to quit a job, which was my business, making three times what I made in corporate America at the time, right? And go back to corporate or I had to figure out how not to work from the, the second I got up to the second I went to bed. How do I not let the business own me? And I had to have that mental breakdown. I had to have that, that moment in my head where I said, I can't do this. It was the same. It was funny. It was like I came full circle when I left corporate America and left the job. I had that epiphany of, oh, my God, I can't do this for another 30 years. I circled right back around with my own business and thought the same thing. Oh, my God, I I can't. I can't do this for another however many years. You know, I, I, could, I was at a point where I couldn't do it for another year if I had to. Yeah. It was just too much. And so... It was the start of figuring it out. What does it look like? And in our space, you know, I own a, a marketing agency and we do SEO and web dev and, and stuff that you know, it's kind of technical. And I had 20 plus years of experience. The big key was that made me the subject matter expert, not the doer. And that's what I had to figure out. Like if they have problems, they can come to me. If they can't figure it out, they can come to me. But by golly, go try to figure it out on your own first before you come to me. So I had to step into the role of of being the delegation. Mm-hmm. The quickest way to do that is, okay, what do I do today? And and I didn't realize this at first. I wish all the great tips and, and practices I have today were stuff that I got right away. But no, I had to learn the hard way and suffer. <laughs> but today, everyone listening right now, you think to yourself, what's one thing? One thing today that I could easily spend a few hours, create a process for, have it all written out, make a video on how to do it, whatever it is, hand that off, go find somebody to go do that thing. And then save myself the three hours a week or the three hours a day or whatever it is, I'm getting rid of that task. Start with the one thing and you get that off your plate. And then you go to the next thing and you get that off the plate. And the biggest mistake I made in the beginning was I was trying to hire whole people, meaning, oh, I need a project manager. And the project manager has to be able to do everything. And I've got to train that project manager to do everything. That was a mistake. 
Now my mindset is completely opposite. I have this task. I need to get rid of this task. Who can I give this one task to? Like fractional workers. And if they work out, they get more tasks and eventually they do become full-time people. But we do it a fraction at a time and a task at a time and a little responsibility at a time. It's, it's easier for me. It's easier for them. And it just works. Yeah, I love but that. But it's a journey, Nicole. It's a journey. I, nobody's going to fix it. Even if, you know, I have courses and programs and people go through them and they get through the end and they say to me, man, this is hard. I'm like, yeah, business is hard. <laughs> business is hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. It requires a fucking skill but set. It, <laughs> it does. But if you can master the business side of your business, that will give you your life back. That's the lifestyle part. We all have talent, right? I was a computer programmer and, and developer. So I had a talent. You know, you are a bartender. You, you are a people person, right? You have talent. How do we use that talent and then manage that business? So it's the business side we all struggle with. Not the entrepreneur side, not the what we do or how good we are at something. That part we all get, right? Yeah. How do we turn it into a real business without becoming corporate schmucks, right? <laughs> like, you see, I wear T-shirts every day. That is my life. Uh, T-shirts and in the summer, shorts and flip-flops. I go to client meetings that way. I tend not to go, to, if I can, live because it's lifestyle. I don't want to drive to your office when I can do it. So, Yeah, no point. Yep. If the client says, no, we have to meet live, not a good fit for me. <laughs> Big Big red flag that they are controlling and they they haven't worked through the things I've worked through in their business. And I just don't want any part of that. No, I'm not saying I won't meet with people. Sometimes it's necessary. But when I do, I show up in football. Yeah. This is what you get when, when you work with us. And if you, I mean, I bet the people that work with you appreciate that shit because that's how they want to live their lives too. You know, it's a desire thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the one, the one thing we do in our business, which is really cool, I've had people with me as long as over 10 years now. Um, I want them to have the same lifestyle I do. Mm -hmm. I want them to make more money because they're smarter or do better, right? We, we don't like to pay by the hour. We like to pay by the task. Like, this is what I'm hiring you to do for me. If you can figure out an easier, quicker, more efficient way to do it, you make more money. I don't care if you do it at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. That's not my business. That's not my problem. You are a business owner, just like I am. You're a professional. Manage your business like I manage mine. And and everyone loves that, right? Yeah. They are in control of their destiny, not me. I'm not a boss. Nobody works for me. Everyone works with me. It's a great culture. That's, it's a great culture to have that kind is. of autonomy. It is. People appreciate yeah. it. And, People just want to be appreciated. They want to be respected. Everybody on the planet. So if we just do that. So, so yeah, figure, figuring out business was a journey. It took for me a good five years to start really figuring it out. Once I got it figured out, I started systematizing and processing and really, you know, creating such spectacular efficiencies that we started eking more profit out of the same money, mm -hmm. right? So that, that same dollar, how, how do you want to treat it, right? How much of it do you want to tear off and give away? You know, the, the one problem most people struggle with, the one thing we get caught up in our head is if I hire people, I'm spending money. Yeah. No, 
I can, I can only, I only have one hour in the day. So if I choose to work for money, how much am I working for? Is it $20 an hour? Is it 50? Is it a hundred? Is it 400? Nicole, would you work for 400 an hour? No, <laughs> no, I knew the answer to that. I wouldn't either because to make a million dollars, if that's your minimum, that's over a thousand dollars an hour that yeah. you have to make. How are you going to get someone to pay you a thousand dollars an hour? Not likely. You can pretend that, oh, I'm this big coach and everyone's going to hire me and pay me a thousand dollars an hour. They won't because they can't afford that. So instead, what, what I've learned to do is I'm going to hire people. I'm going to, you know, work with people that, okay, you go do this task for me and you're going to charge me this much money. I'm going to go over here and find the customer because you suck at that, but I'm good at that. I'm going to charge this much money and the gap in between is mine to keep. And then once those people are set doing their thing, I'm going to go do it again and again and again. So the hour I spend every day, other people are making me that thousand dollars an hour. So I'm not out making it. I'm not meeting with people. I'm not, a lot of people think, well, Lisa, you're big in the space. You do coaching. I don't do coaching. You can't hire me to be a coach because that's me trading time for money. And I don't do that. Mm -hmm. The only coaching I'll ever do is group coaching. Because yep. then I exponentially, you know, make make that dollar per hour I need. Yeah, I mean, so that's how coaching gotta... is an animal. It's it's a, such an interesting scaling model because you can get in there and it's like I'm going to show up and I'm going to do I'm going to do an hour long fucking co coaching call, no matter if there's ten people on that call or a thousand people on that call. It's the same amount of time for me, but I can exponentialize the money in between. Yep, and the people on the call instead of paying you a thousand dollars an hour, maybe they're only paying you know, 50 bucks a month to be on those calls. Now they get the same value, but they get it at a lower, at a fractional rate. You make more money. It's a win-win for everyone. When we start thinking like this, then we become business owners, right? When mm -hmm. I started thinking about that, we're not trying to cheat the system. We're not trying to, to not provide value. Uh, I once had a customer ask me, well, how much do you pay your workers? If you're charging me by the hour, I'd like to know. And at the time, it happened to be a dentist. And I said, well, can I see all your light bills and your electric bills? And can I see what you pay for your equipment? Because you've been in business 30-some years. I bet you don't even pay for your equipment anymore, et cetera. Like, I don't ask you how you make your money. Don't ask me how I make mine. <laughs> Again, not a great client fit. You will not be working with that person. Um, as a business owner, I happen to be B2B. So... You know, I know not everyone in your environment, everyone in your community are B2B. Mm -hmm. But we're all the same, essentially, right? We want something at a fair price. We want a good service. And the money's irrelevant when people are happy with what they get, right? right. When the ROI is you know, there. I, I, that's it. It doesn't matter what I pay to get it done if you're happy with the result you get. AI is interesting right? Yeah. Uh, artificial intelligence is, yeah, people are like, well, if you're using AI, it only takes you a fraction of a second to run this or run that. I'm like, yeah, but how many, how many weeks did it take me to come up with that process or come up with the right prompts or, or put all the right things together to do what that does? Yeah. I have to recoup that investment over time, one run at a time, you know? So again, you got to think smart. How can I make more money per hour? Right. Somebody asked me a really interesting question, Nicole. And we, we hear this all the time. If you lost everything, what would you do? 
Right. Right. And then they, they put a twist on it, but you can't use your computer. <laughs> because obviously me with a computer is just me making money. Like mm-hmm. you give me a computer and the internet connection and I'm good. Right. That's all I need. Sure. So I thought about it for a minute. I said, well, here's what I would do. And I laid out a very strategic plan. Month one, I'm going to walk around all the neighborhoods around here. I'm going to knock on doors and I'm going to ask if I could cut their lawn for 50 bucks. Now, most of these lawns cost 100 bucks. I'm going to do it for 50 bucks. I'm going to get those lawns. I'm going to get that money coming in. Because remember, I lost everything. I got to start over. I'm going to use that money to go hire some people to now cut the lawns while I go get more jobs. See where I'm going here. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I'm going to get a crew, and I no longer am going to be cutting lawns. Right? It's as simple as that. Yep. Like, yes, I'm going to have to maybe cut some lawns the first month because that's just reality. That's the part people want to skip. Yeah. And that's where people go wrong. Like, oh, okay, well, I just go hire people and start my business. You kind of got to know the business first and do the work so you know what to expect from your people. You know how to process it. You know, you know, all that stuff. Then you step out of it. And I think people want to skip right to the, I hire a crew. Yeah. Not knowing that that takes, I mean, an exponential skill set to run a fucking crew. Never mind knowing the, I mean, like for you to outsource, you got to know the fucking outsourcing job in the first place, right? And then after that, you got to have to have the skill set of managing people. And managing people is a lot harder than cutting grass. Everything's harder than it appears. I uh, The other day, we have a, a pest control service that comes out for three weeks or something for mosquitoes because, you know, we're in Texas and the guy pulls up in my office, I can see the street. And the guy pulls up and he literally sits out front for 15 minutes. around and, and gets the yard done and leaves. Cool. As long as you did a great job, I'm happy with that. But if in a week I still have mosquitoes and you did a poor job, guess who, guess who I'm calling? I'm calling the company. Yeah. And probably saying, hey, your dude sat in front of my house for 15 minutes. Then he came out here and did a piss poor job and you all need to come do it again. Everybody is always trying to game the system, whatever the system is, right? They put trackers on the vehicles so they can say, oh, I spent 20 minutes at this house. Well, 15 of it, we sat in our car and did nothing, right? As a business owner, you've got to plan for that. You've got to know that's going to happen. You've got to anticipate these things. And that's, that's part of a business. Again, business isn't easy. People get into this thing. I think that the talent fucks you in a little bit in the beginning because the talent gives you a confirmation bias, right? Where it's like you make some money with the talent. And so you're like, I'm talented. I don't need systems. I don't need processes. I don't need to learn managerial skills. That shit's boring. I'm talented, right? You kind of get this rock star fucking element going and that shit will fuck you. Like, it doesn't matter how fucking talented you are because you are one person. And if you can't remove yourself from the business, you don't have a fucking business. You have a sideshow. And you're going to have to travel from town to town, repping yourself, getting into that space. Like, if you've built your business around you instead of around the market, instead of around the structure, instead of around the fucking systems, that's not sustainable. Nor is it sellable. No. So say you want to exit you know, your exit strategy requires you to have process and systems that someone could step in and you step out and they can still have a viable business. Otherwise, 
you don't have a business to sell, you have a customer list. In a business, you can sell two, three, four X of what you're bringing in. A customer list is just a customer list and you probably can't sell it for very much. So I, I realized that in the beginning too, but it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough nut to crack. But again, we start one thing at a time, right? You don't have to figure out the, the whole thing day one. Right. But if you're starting a business today and you think to yourself, I don't have time to do processes or I don't have time to hire people or I don't have money to hire people, reach out to me, reach out to Nicole. We'll, we'll, we'll do a session on that if we need to, because you can't not, it's, it's like the lawnmower scenario, right? If I go out and this week I cut 10 lawns and I make a whole $500, I'm probably going to tell myself, man, I got to put that money in my pocket. I got to pay my rent. I got to eat. Nope. I need to be eating some Mac and cheese and some rice <laughs> and, and beans. I need to put 400 back in the business and a hundred in my pocket. Cause I'm just starting out. I've got to sacrifice. Yep. And then the next week I do the same thing. The next week I do the same thing. The next week I do the same thing in four weeks. I now have 1600 bucks, right? Now I can go hire someone cause I have money to pay them. And it's just a snowball effect, right? My, my favorite analogy is you figure out how to pay your mortgage. You figure out how to pay the light bill. You figure out how to pay a hundred or $200 for the phone. You figure out how to pay for that car payment, that boat payment, that RV payment, you name it. We finance our desires, but we're all scared to death to finance our dream, our business. People are afraid to take out a loan. Why? Why? And you take out a loan for a depreciating asset like a car, but you won't take out a loan to fund your business so you can hire someone so you're not doing all the work. But it's it's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. We were programmed this yeah. way. Yeah. They I mean, taught they me nothing. The 1% for nothing. They taught me nothing. Yeah, they taught us nothing about entrepreneurship, about business, about how to make our money work for us. And and you know all the things that would get us in a position where we don't work because they need the workers right people are afraid of ai i embrace it because now the rest of the world can actually go and get a life right the people who are too afraid to get out of jobs in 50 years will have to get out of certain jobs because they won't exist they're not going to be there anymore yeah they won't exist right they'll there'll be other things to do i look at covid covid was fun <laughs> in a way, I had, to, I had to think about what I was saying there for a minute. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when COVID hit, an entire population was on vacation. Yeah. And these were the people with the JOBs, mm -hmm. right? They couldn't go to work or they didn't have means. So they, they just sat home and they cleaned out their closets. And I was seeing all this on, on social media and they, oh, I got my garage finally done this and I painted my house and I did this and I did that. You had the perfect opportunity to start a business and never go back to the J-O-B. And most people didn't do it. I started two companies since COVID. Yeah. I built this motherfucker in COVID. I made a million dollars in COVID. And <laughs> COVID made me a millionaire. I made, <laughs> I made more money during the worst times, I started my, my marketing company right after the, the dot, you know, com, like whatever the, 
the mortgage crisis and all that stuff. Yeah. In a, in a recession. So when you think about that, when you think about what COVID did, people had to figure stuff out, right? Who are you going to be? Are you going to be the person that wakes up on the other side of an event like that and go, oh, my house is painted? Or like Nicole, hey, I made a million dollars. The decision is when I get up in the morning, do I go grab a paintbrush or do I grab my brain? The only difference between Nicole and somebody who has a nicely painted house and goes back to their J-O-B. Now, I don't want to belittle it. You know, I don't want people to, you know, some people hear that and they go, oh, at least you're full of shit. You know, this, it's not as easy as, as you think. It's not. It's, it's not, not easy. But is your job easy? <laughs> is suffering every day easy? <laughs> <laughs> is, is answering, like, I was in corporate America. So I was the vice president of a training department of a Fortune 50 company. I had people working for me. I had a six-figure salary. I had a whole four weeks of vacation. Heck, yeah. I even had a cubicle right by a window. <laughs> oh, bonus. I was, yeah, I was amazingly doing well. And when I looked at that corporate ladder, it didn't get easier to climb. No. It got harder. And people, when you hear about backstabbing and you hear about people throwing people under the bus, man, join corporate A because people will sell their children to get ahead because they have no other opportunity. The only opportunity in your J-O-B is to go up. Not sideways, not lateral. Oh, I want to keep doing this because I love what I do. Can't. Yep. You're stuck in the same pay. You're stuck in the same benefits. No matter it's how hard. good you get politics at it. Politics are hard. Yeah. Yeah. To me, politics are, are even harder in the office, right? Having sure. to play the game. That shit ate me alive. Crazy. I uh, No, I used to work for American Airlines back in the day, way back in the day. And I won employee of the year, <laughs> 250 some thousand employees. Because back then I thought to get ahead, I must be the best. I got a 25 cent raise. Yay. <laughs> but I bet you got a really nice plaque. I worked for, <laughs> oh, I, I got an Eagle statue that took me on a trip. Yeah. It gave me 25 cents. And that was the last year I worked for American Airlines. Because again, I've always had wake up calls in my life that kind of make me say, what are you doing? And I left that year and went to another J-O-B. So in my life, you can see patterns of insecurity. I kept going back to what I felt was security, a job security, a job security. Back in the 80s and 90s and even 2000s, that was probably true. 2023, bullshit. Skill sets zero are your security. security. Skill sets are your security. Yeah, zero security in a job these days. None. None. Your number, they don't care. They'll get Google's laying off twelve thousand people and making record profits. That doesn't even make sense. No. No. And they it don't. And they don't give sense. a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They don't care if you've been there for fucking thirty years. It, it doesn't matter. Like there's no nope. loyalty. There's no there, like it's not even based on performance most of the time. So it's not even like high so level it was, performance. It was based on first quarter, we wanted our earnings to look better, so we dumped twelve thousand people. Our earnings looks better because you know what? We can always hire them back if we need to. <laughs> yeah. What are they gonna do? Nothing. They're gonna sit and wait. You're you're a commodity. So so yeah, for me. You know, I don't want to get too negative here. We gotta 
got to be positive because we're all unicorns, right? So that's what you have to be. And that's, that's what I love about Nicole, right? She is a true unicorn, right? She's a one of a kind. Every one of us can be that. Now, am I, am I as colorful as Nicole? No. <laughs> am, am I as polarizing as Nicole? Nope. <laughs> Do I make as money as Nicole? You know, as much money? More? Um, the bottom line is Nicole did the same thing I did. We started believing in us incorporated. Like we took destiny and said, you know what? Nobody else is going to do this for me. Only I have the ability to change how I live my life. And, and that's key, right? We change our mind. We change our world. Yeah. It's not pretty heavy, but it's true. It's true. It's the perception. I mean, it's the way you think and feel about yourself that makes the shift. And no one is going to do that for you. It's not even possible. People, can, You just can't sit around and wait for somebody to come around and change your life. That's not how that works. No, no. And and security, right? Uh, I Once I had someone like tear me up on Facebook because I gave some advice and they didn't like the advice I gave. <laughs> uh, and the person was basically, oh, I tried this business thing. It's not working out. I have to go get a job because I have house payments and car payments and, and this and that. And they were listing like all of this stuff. And my suggestion was, well, why don't you sell most of that stuff and use that money to invest in your business and take it seriously? You'd have thought I. Invest in yourself. There are things. Like I make a lot of money and I drive a Honda CRV. Why? Because to me, a vehicle is not going to, that money is, is wasted money. So I'm not going to waste a lot of it when I can take the difference of the, you know, whatever fancy car name, whatever you like, I go buy a fancy car, I pay another four or five or $800 a month in a payment or whatever. I've wasted that money. I could have invested it in my business, a new idea, a new person, another contractor, right? Now we all have our things. I'm not saying I don't have lovely homes and I have more than one of them. Um, we all have <laughs> our things, but I made the sacrifices when I needed to, to get there, right? You yeah. can't look at the end result and say, that's what I want. Lisa did that in 10 years. I'm going to do it in two. You're not, you're not going to do it in two. Now you're an anomaly. Nicole, let's talk about that. You know, going from zero to a million bucks in one year is not normal. No. Not normal. Um, that's that's the dream, but it's not the reality. Can it be done? Sure. Once I learned business, now I could do it. You got that skill set doing probably one of the hardest jobs on the planet, right? Bartending. Yep. You it's had what to have social me. skills. You had to have, you know, managerial skills. You had to have time management skills, right? You know, you can't talk too long to someone and ignore someone else. You've got to make drinks at a quick pace. You, you know, you, you're a counselor. You're a, I mean, you think about a bartender and all they do and what they have to do, it's really a good setup. It's a good setup to learn the stuff you learned. But I'm betting that's not why you were able to succeed so fast. 
I mean, there's a lot of bartenders that are really good at what they do, right? And they're really good at making drinks. They're really good at talking to customers. They even make great tips and do all of those things, right? Um, and I mean, I always tell all my friends, right? I'm like, you guys are primed. Like if you wanted to be entrepreneurs and you wanted to run successful businesses, like you could do it overnight. Like you could do it super fast and maybe not to a million, but I mean, the, any bartender I know that is successful behind the bar could easily switch over to this entrepreneurial thing, sell something and make 10 grand a month easily working a third of the hours that they work behind the bar easily. And listen to me, guys, if you're if you're out there, I'm telling you, this is 100 percent true for any of you guys that are worth your fucking salt. But the reason why I was successful as fast as I was. Was because I fucking chose it. I didn't get into that pity party. And that's the fatal flaw of a bartender is that 99% of bartenders are pity party fucking crybabies who want to sit there and cry in their Cheerios about how the world kicked them in the fucking teeth. If you are a pity party baby, you are not going to be successful in entrepreneurship. You're not going to make a million dollars in your first year because you have to swallow failure. You have to accept failure. You have to make friends with failure. You have to be in the space of really accepting that you're going to fuck up and that's not anybody else's fault but your own. If you want to be hyper successful in entrepreneurship, it comes from radical responsibility. And most bartenders, most people are not willing to take radical responsibility for their circumstances. They want to blame, they want to blame all sorts of shit, right? They want to blame the, the city they were born in. They want to blame their fucking parents. They want to blame the color of their skin. They want to blame their gender. They want to blame politics or fucking anything else they can get their hands on instead of taking radical responsibility and saying, it doesn't matter what these circumstances are. I'm not going to choose to fucking let them hold me back. And most people won't do that. Not once in their entire fucking life. And you, you, you tell the truth and you do it in a rough way, right? Um, but sometimes that's, that's the tough love people need and the wake up call they need, right? I think about, you know, the, the single mom who's got a kid or two that, you know, if I take time out to try to start a business, I'm not feeding my kids. I get that. I do. But imagine working the same number of hours and at the end, having twice the money or better working half the hours for the same money and having time with those kids. Right. It's not going to be easy to make that transition from J-O-B to doing something on your own. It's not, right? There's gonna be sacrifices. The quickest, easiest way is what I said before, like invest in yourself. Don't buy the new car. In fact, if you, if you have a new car, and people hate when I say this, if you have a new car, get rid of it and get a beater that costs nothing, right? That gets you from A to B because in the entrepreneurial world, you don't need a car. No, you don't. Um, so you just need a beater take the money you were paying for that car payment. And that is now, you know, going to help support you. Um, you know, get, get rid of a fancy phone. Direct TV is 200 bucks a month. YouTube TV is 66. You know, there's changes you can make that literally, when you think about it that way, you can find 500 bucks a month. Easy. Yeah. For most people. Easy. You and if you can it. find that money, and invest it in your business. Yeah, you'll suffer for a month or two double dipping and having to work long hours or working your days off or working your weekends. But you have to have a plan, right? You have to put into place a plan that will 
get you from point A to point B in this time frame, and then you can't let go of it. Like it's non-negotiable. And that's, I think in my head, I had to get to that non-negotiable, like, no, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, there's just no two ways about it. I'm not working 12 hours a day. I'm not. So I will figure it out. Whatever it means, I'm going to figure it out because I put put that stake, you know, in the ground and said, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, there's so, something that happens. Some people love their bartender job, right? They love it. Well, you can still love your bartender job and create a fucking revenue stream that fucking supports that. Like, I still love my bartender job. I never hated bartending. I was good at it. I I still am good at it. I love it. I will still run fucking circles around any of you fucks. I haven't been behind a bar in five years, but I will still fucking come and kick your ass behind your bar. (laughs) It's still there. That doesn't go away. I love bartender land. But that doesn't mean that, like, yeah, and right, right there's now, not another way to do it. Hopefully, in your head, you're saying, F you, Nicole, I'm better than you, right? <laughs> no, you can't run circles around me, right? Her confidence is, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of spending time live with Nicole, and, and what you see is what you get, and it's her confidence is truth, right? But, Nicole, were you always as confident? No. No. It's a choice. It's a skill set. You're not born with confidence. You choose it and you choose it every fucking day, just like every other skill set. You weren't born with any of them. You weren't born being really great at fucking programming computers. You fucking learned that shit and you committed to it. And there were times where I bet you wanted to pick that thing up and fucking throw it. (laughs) Maybe you even did, but you learned it because every skill set is learnable. The, The only difference between us and people who don't have their own businesses, we choose to decide how much of that money we get to keep. So working working for a giant corporation, I help them make a ton of money and year over year, the bonuses got smaller and smaller and smaller. They laid people off and the workload got bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, if my workload's bigger, Probably because I'm I'm I want something, right? During COVID, I wanted to build a lake home. So I worked my butt off to start a new company so I can make the money to pay for the house. This yeah. is something not a lot of people can say. I paid for that house in cash. <laughs> because I already have a homestead at home. It, it, there was no tax, you know, ability for me to to save any money getting a loan out for that particular, you know, property. Yeah. Um I chose to do that. And it feels good to do those kind of things now to, to look and say, I want to buy a car. And unless you're going to give me like, you know, less than uh, 3% interest, dude, I'm not going to give you my money. Right. You know, so I decide now I decide Nicole decide that's to me, Nicole, what, what the whole point of owning a business is. It's literally you decide what happens. You write your own story, good or bad, mm-hmm. stressful or not stressful. And, and I'll be honest, I know we're, we're running out of time here. Um, I didn't do all this magically on my own. And I'm sure Nicole didn't either. You know, I, I went, you know, and, and bought programs and I sought out people that were already successful and, and paid to be in their you know, coaching programs, or I, I did stuff, right? I invested in myself and learned from others. I wish I would have done more of that because, again, my mindset was 
spending money was expenditure when in fact spending money on things like that is an investment in your future. So, so I don't want people to come away from this podcast today thinking, oh, well, you just, you know, learned all this all on your very own. No, no one has no, we stumbled, we fell, we made mistakes, just like you will. And then one day it hits you, you get it. And when you figure it out, it's like you can't unfigure it out. You can take all the money away and most of us would have it back in a year or less because now we figured it out. Yep. And it's, it's like riding set. a bike. Once you <laughs> learn it, you don't unlearn it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Right. So people ask me all the time, Lisa, why, you know, why, why don't you like, why aren't you making a hundred million? Cause I choose not to lifestyle is more important to me than money. Well, at some point, at some point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It won't change your life today. You know, it's like once you have what you want, like you want a bigger house. Like, I mean, you don't need one, right? Like, exactly. Like, I'm not one to want a plane. Like, I don't need my own plane. So (laughs) there comes a point where now it's just about lifestyle. It's about experience. It's, you know, we we just bought tickets to go see Adele in Vegas for thirty two hundred bucks. Like, nice. You know, as long as I can do that kind of stuff, I'm a happy girl. Like I don't, I think everyone does that. I'm sure you, you did it or you're still in the process of doing it. Right. If you didn't have a lot of money, you go through a phase. I went through a phase. I bought cars and I bought, you know, jet skis and I bought boats and I bought RVs and I bought this and I bought that and all the things I've ever wanted in life. And what I realized is the more stuff I wanted, the more I had to work to pay for it. And I didn't want that. I wanted, I wanted to work to go to Disney. I wanted to work to go to Venice. I wanted to work to, to do those things. But I mean, how many, I think one time we had like three golf carts or something. You can only drive one at a time. Why do you need that? You don't. So you had to like, same thing. I had to change my mindset yet again to say, what are you doing? You're falling into the same trap of work, 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 more, 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 more. Do we need more? Not really. Yeah. It's an interesting, you know, it's an Mark interesting Zuckerberg scale. It's not a happy dude. I would bet. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. He seems stressed out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> me, I'm, I'm pretty laissez faire, laid back. I'd, I'd rather live this life. And like I said, drive, drive my Honda, which is just fine. Cause I get in my car like once every two weeks. So who cares what it is? <laughs> Well, Lisa, it's been so great to just hear all of your perspectives on all of the things. And thank you so much for sharing all the vibe and sharing all the fucking secrets. Um, You guys, like, go fucking check this shit out. Because understanding things from from this vibration, from this kind of person who has been doing this for 10 years, who has that kind of experience longer, right? Being in that space of having that success and holding that success for a long time because there's a lot of people that can build this up. They have a pop and a fizzle and then they fall the fuck off the planet and they can be able to duplicate this again and again and again, anytime she wants. So Lisa, how can everybody find you? How can everybody connect? Um, you can find me just by typing in my name, right? Lisa Parziel, if you don't know how to spell it, I think it's on the screen. Um, <laughs> I'm everywhere, but I own a training company called Agency Fast Track. I own a software company called Agency Remix. And then I have a marketing company that I usually don't say out loud on the interwebs just because other SEOs are mean. So um, <laughs> you can find me. I'm everywhere and anywhere. E- easy peasy to find me, right? That's that thing about SEO, right? 
Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I wish you couldn't find some of the things that are out there. You know, <laughs> me making stupid faces on YouTube videos or all the things we do for fun and to get attention, to get people. Because here's the thing, right? I know a lot of us do that, right? You'll, for the layman out there who aren't used to, why do we do it? Why do we make funny faces? And why do we do clickbait? Because we genuinely can help people. But we have to get your attention first. If we can't get your attention, we can't help you see the light. I always say, pick the person you want to be like and learn from them. You know, if you want to be a unicorn, Nicole's the girl. If, if you want a flip-flop lifestyle, I'm the girl. If, if you want to be like Mark Zuckerberg, then you need to go, you know, get in his circles, however that might be. But if, if you want the life someone else has, don't be jealous. Reach out to them. Um, people who can find me and end up in Skype talking to me, I answer everybody every day who talks to me. Why? Because I have time. <laughs> right? right? That's a beautiful thing about setting up your business this way. When people ask me all the time, Lisa, how can you be so responsive to everyone? I'm like, because I got time. Yeah. Isn't that what it's supposed to be, right? I'm, I'm supposed to be the person people can get in touch with. So I need to be available. So I make myself available. I love that. So you can find me. I love that. All right, guys. Well, everybody get out there, do all of the unicorn things. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Um, you're a fucking badass and uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate all the vibes. For more trouble, go to realunicornsdon'twearpants.com. Hit that subscribe button and remember, hashtag fuck pants.